Duncan Munro will take it away with the Phantom theme song written by Sammy J. Duncan. I don't. I don't know if we'll do that. I don't know if we'll do that. Ooh. 400 years ago, he Go. watched the show Little Survivor. Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom! The ghost who walks! The Phantom! Enemies beware, the Phantom's always there. But you won't find the Phantom He finds you G'day everyone, for those who came in late, you're listening to Expand the Phantom Podcast My name is Dan Fraser and tonight I'm joined by Jermaine Parker How are you Jermaine? Pretty good mate, um, pretty good for Jamie, pretty good Yes um, Yes, no, uh, yeah Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're really starting to ramp it up. And uh, <laughs> and um, we're going to have to drag out the old crickets uh, theme again or, or sound effect again because Stephen, sadly, is not joining us tonight. Um, he's unavailable because he's intimidated by his bandmaster is what I've heard. Um, so, <laughs> Stephen, I hope you're enjoying your tuba playing wherever it is you are. The one time at band camp. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, so, of course, with no uh, Stephen, that must mean we have other guests who, of course, yes. you listeners will already know who that is because you've looked at the title of the podcast and, and I'm now just wasting your time and mine. So we'll move on. Um, it is episode 74, a very special episode for many reasons, uh, where we look back at Hero Complex, uh, the one-hour comedy show that toured around Australia uh, throughout 2016 and 2017, uh, toured by Australian comedian Sammy J. And so tonight we have returning guests, uh, Sammy J and Duncan Munro, who is an integral part of the show as well, as many people would know. Um, these guys first appeared on X-Band uh, Phantom Podcast back in episode 45, and we're also very grateful for, uh, Sam, your contribution to episode 63, which was the Kid Phantom uh, review. So welcome aboard, boys. Great to be here. Again. As you were, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean again? Oh, because of the, the repeat performances, yes. We appreciate you coming back. No, well, no, let's just start by airing some dirty laundry straight out of the major treasure room of this podcast, because your listeners, they may be under some sort of uh, illusion that, that that this was the earliest possible time that Duncan and I could chat to you. You're but busy now, people, we get that. No, well, I'm going to let you tell the story, because there's... They're, there's they're under the you. illusion that the podcasters are competent. <laughs> Well, some of us are. We had a wonderful chat, a wonderful chat, four of us, like old times, and we, we caught up on the tour and everything that's happened and been, and about a week later, Duncan, we get an email, don't we? A little mm. email saying, sorry, yeah. guys, forgot to press record. <laughs> <sighs> I'm just going to wear that. <laughs> and, and that so, podcast has now gone down in history as... Um, the elusive through edition number, I believe, 330. Is that correct? Yes. 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 We did think for a long time that that was going to be our 330. <laughs> so it's a great joy to be properly back and uh, hopefully uh, properly out there in the world as well. But I've got to say, this, this conversation is under a lot of pressure to match that one because there were revelations <laughs> after revelations. It's, you know, there was... 
It's officially a review podcast of a review podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, it was. Uh, I went back and looked at the dates. It was over 11 months ago that we recorded that episode 74 <laughs> oh the first time. So hopefully, um, you know, we, we did keep the uh, the question sheet and uh, we've gone back to it. So we'll uh, hopefully ask a lot of the same questions. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's been a whole probably new sagas to add in anyway since then as far as yes. my journey with, with this show goes. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, we should we should talk for the bat. We have been recording uh, video for the, a lot of the podcasts recently, but back in episode seventy four we weren't. So I guess that makes this more authentic. Um, and also um, we I, I got a cease and desist letter from the ABC who refused me to uh, refused us to have Sammy J's likeness appear on our podcast. Um, you, you must be really enjoying those uh, that little three minutes you work every Thursday, Sam. Look, they they own my soul. Yeah. Um. But you know, my my likeness is limited to uh, to Phantom Comics these days. But more on that later. Yes, yes, certainly. <laughs> so we are we are here mostly to talk about the well, I guess the way you you broke back into the world of the Phantom um, uh, was through the show Hero Complex, and we do want to we do want to go back over that a little bit. I know that uh, the main tour is finished. When was the last time you actually performed the show? Now, I have to actually think when you ask me that because uh, I might defer to Duncan, my co-star. Well, we were in Melbourne. Melbourne. Hobart? Melbourne. Oh, Melbourne. No, Melbourne. No, Melbourne. Well, yeah, we did a show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival um, at the Athenaeum, which was, I think, I think, the biggest show of my life as far as a solo show goes. We had 900 people in there. Oh, wow. Oh, of course. And so to, and Duncan um, gave me the greatest surprise of all time, which uh, the, there is video on my Facebook page and some listeners may have seen it, but um, he surprised me with an, an original piece of art by none other than Cy Barry, which was... You know, it doesn't get much better than that as, no. a, as a Phantom Tragic being given that and a, a, an accompanying video message. And uh, we actually um, pinched that off your Facebook page and put it on our YouTube channel if people want to go there and find <laughs> it as well. I hope that's okay. You'll be getting a cease and desist letter from me as well. <laughs> so Duncan was, you know, uh, Duncan is the master of... Um, uh, or surprise, I guess, and he, he arranged this without any of my knowledge. It only nearly cracked through the surface once when I, about two or three weeks before that, I was on Facebook and I, and I saw, I had a little notification that said, Cy Barry likes your video. I thought, what? And I, I took a screenshot and texted Duncan straight away and said, look, 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 Cy Barry was on my page. How amazing. And Duncan, you played a very straight bat. <laughs> Doesn't he get paid to lie? <laughs> in which, in which profession? <laughs> well, not the Phantom, of course, because the Phantom would never lie, but any other professions. <laughs> professions. <laughs> I think we might, we might walk back from that one, I think, Jermaine, very quietly. <laughs> on the grounds, I might incriminate myself. Yeah, I tell you what, compare this to the first time we did the podcast, now we've all got lawyers sitting next to us. And we... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I look, I look forward to the... Uh, the podcast review of a show that's officially longer than the show it's reviewing. Yeah, that's right. So, that was so, actually going to be that was that was actually going to be my closing joke, and you just stole it, Duncan. <laughs> I thought all day of that, I had it written down, and everything. That's what happens when you don't send the run sheet out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so, so to summarise the show for those who didn't see it and now won't have the chance because we haven't recorded this and published it in a timely manner, um, it, it tells the story, um, Sam, of your, I guess, the, your love of the Phantom, how that led you to meet Duncan, 
and then I guess a, a series of events that unfolded over the course of a many years, um, where the where the phantom was sort of the thread that wove that you wove through the story. That's right, uh, and it's funny, you know, without wanting to repeat myself too much, because people can hear that the, the first chat that we had on the, on the, on the show, we, I guess I talked about the setup of the show and some of those details, but the the really amazing and strange and beautiful thing has been the journey that has uh, come at, come about as a result of doing this show. So, hmm. um, you know, last time we spoke, it was the show I hadn't even performed it yet. I was about to do it, and it was um, the first show was September 2016, which seems well, it was nearly two years ago, of course. Um, that podcast that I first did with you, with you boys was, I was still not even a proper, I was, I was a very lapsed Phantom fan at the time. And mm. if you listen back to that episode, you can hear me getting more and more excited because, you know, your enthusiasm was rubbing off and I was remembering things. And and if you, if you could see my Phantom collection sit, <laughs> compared to then as it is now, it's just grown and grown, mainly thanks to gifts from Duncan. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, I've resubscribed to the comic. I, 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 I mean, I, there's too much to cover in one quick answer, but it, it really started this brand new journey. Whereas if, if I was to um, do this show again, it would be a two part show. There'd be the, the existing show that tells my story of yeah, me loving the Phantom as a kid. And then, you know, meeting Duncan and so on and all these coincidences, then it would pick up where the tour <laughs> started and, and tell that story where I got to travel around Australia for a year and a half, meeting other Phantom fans, re-engaging uh, with, with the, the world of the Phantom and the authors and the artists and, and uh, meeting people like you guys. And, as I say, sort of, you know, that journey most recently ended with with Duncan on stage presenting me with a Cy Barry video. So it's a, it was sort of became the the, the snake eating its own tail in the end. It just kept giving new things. There will be two shows: Hero Complex and Hero Complex A. <laughs> <laughs> this is the typical Hero Complex. <laughs> in typical throw fashion. <laughs> So you did receive... Which, is, which oh, has saved our bacon a few times, the whole A episodes. I guess, for sure. <laughs> I noticed. That's, that's been coming out a bit recently. There are... Um... 99Z, as Dan <laughs> Yes, it's, it's getting a bit like that. So, uh, Sam, you, did, you received a lot of um, award wins and award nominations for the show, and, and you said there that, you know, 900 people in a the theatre, that's uh, for, just to come and see... You talk about the Phantom. I mean, the, the the whole experience must have been quite amazing. Well, yeah, it, it really was. And it, um, it was amazing on all sorts of uh, levels, I guess. So it was personally from, from you know, I'm, I, before this show, in a live context, I was really known mainly for my work with, with Randy, my other purple friend, um, Randy the puppet, <laughs> that is. But this show professionally was a huge step up for me in terms of how I was received and so, the, you know, critically in the reviews and all that. So that was really special um, alongside... Yeah, just the, just the sheer fun of it and just the fact that it was a personal story that I was telling. Um, and, uh, again, obviously in any given crowd, you know, there would be 90% of people who had never heard of the Phantom or hmm. not, they would have heard of him but not known much. And then you have 5 or 10% of hardcore Phantom fans as well. Um, but that was the best thing, walking out on stage and there'd always be a couple of people in the front row wearing the Phantom ring or with a Phantom T-shirt, and that was just awesome. And then coupled with the fact that I was then making – hundreds of other people each night learn about the Phantom and, you know, and, and um, we even we were selling show bags as part of the merchandise in Melbourne and that included a Phantom comic. So just slowly spreading the word a bit, that was a, became a bit of my, um, my own little mission. So has Fru put you on the retainer or as an ambassador for their uh, comic? Uh, the day Fru hand out freebies, 
is a day I would like to see, gentlemen. <laughs> but I will say that that, that, that was facetious because um, one of the many, many highlights of the tour was, Duncan, you'll have to step in here soon because I'm going to get confused about the dates, but we're, we're going mm-hmm. back just over a year, I think May 2017, um, oh. Sydney, when yeah. Duncan and I had the great pleasure of visiting the Fru offices. Um, and we actually did come away with a, a fairly lovely little collection of, uh, of mementos including my own Fruit Crew badge, which I know has been the bane of uh, <laughs> some of the members of the podcast. Yes. Well, I don't want to name him directly, but look, he's not here now to defend himself. So. Uh, we'll throw him under the bus. <laughs> well, look, if we're going to throw people under the bus, Duncan, do you have a Fruit Crew badge? I do. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> but but I owe it. It's, a, um, it's honorary... Uh, um, into, um, like seconded or whatever to Sam because the reason I got it was, um, and I think I told this story on 73A or whatever it was, um, but uh, when uh, Paul Ryan uh, passed away, Glenn Ford rang me and said, uh, do you have the um, Paul Ryan picture from the Phantom Leaf Oak Memorial Bengal Explorers Club dinner uh, when Paul had come to be the guest? And I did, but I was away on a training exercise at the time, so I was out in the middle of the desert, and uh, I had no access to where my stuff was. Um, and so I was trying to get someone to go to my house and take a photo of the picture, which was behind glass, and thought it wouldn't, it might not work out. So I rang Sam, standing on the top of a rock, trying to get reception in the middle of the <laughs> desert. And because I'd sent bragging photos to him by email after dinner when I'd got an original piece by Orion and was, was trying to coax him into coming to one of the dinners. And uh, and he pulled over on the side of the road coming back from a gig, also in the desert, uh, logged onto his um, Wi-Fi, on his, hotspotted on his phone and found the email from two years before or whatever it had been uh, and sent it to me so I could get it to Glenn in time for the publishing day. And that's where the cover for that Paul Ryan tribute oh, came wow. from. And that, so the, that's why I got the Fruit Crew badge, but Sam really earned it for me. Is that right? So that <laughs> photo, the, sorry, the, the cover of that tribute issue comes from a photo that you took that emailed to Sam and back and forth, and, and that's the image that ended up on the photo, on, on the cover? That's a statement of fact, yes. Wow. And, and Duncan, it was that same conversation if i recall correctly um uh where i said to you for the very first time hey how would you possibly feel about me using your life story in a show and i think they call that um, being put over the barrel but yeah <laughs> so did you actually get asked duncan or was it i'm using it, your story it was uh it was very uh tentatively politely and misleadingly asked by sam on the phone <laughs> And then reinforced in front of about 300 people at the Trace Hall in Melbourne uh, at the Fringe Festival a few years later, uh, where, again, the barrel was brought out and I felt I was not in a position to refuse. Now, um, as I've said to many people who came and asked me at the shows that I went to with Sam, uh, I would gladly do uh, anything to support Sam and his art after the support he's shown me through my life. So how many times did you manage to get to see the show? Uh, Sam challenged me to... When we, we, we went and had uh, something to eat after that first one at the Fringe Festival, and he said, I'm going to take it on tour. Uh, and he said, 
I want you, my challenge to you is I want you to come to one show in every capital city that I go to in Australia. Uh, and he said, and I want you to come to one show where I don't know you're in the audience. And I think I managed to meet that challenge uh, on all fronts. Yep. Uh, every, so that would include Duncan, Duncan arrived in Canberra, Melbourne, Adelaide, Hobart, uh, Perth. Brisbane, Perth, Darwin. Frankston. No, yeah, no, Darwin. Um, Frankston? I don't think you meant it. Frankston. Frankston no, no, Peninsula. Mount, to the school itself, the original school where the story happened. Um, but Brisbane, Duncan, uh, was a personal highlight because I didn't know you were there on the night, as, as I challenged you to do. So I was, uh, the story behind that is I was uh, keen to make sure I, um, I hid from him and also paranoid about the amount of counter-surveillance I might have to do uh, to catch Sam unaware. So I booked tickets under a fake email address with a fake name <laughs> uh, and told him I was booked separate tickets to the Saturday night but booked a secret ticket to the Friday night and told him I was coming with some family members on the uh Saturday, and then left work early and flew up in the middle of the day on Friday, went into Brisbane and went to a store and bought a, a hat and a larger coat thing in the, in the, in the Brisbane heat. <laughs> and I waited outside the venue until I could walk in because I wasn't sure whether the front of house staff at, uh, had seen the show because there's, there's images of me in the show, so they might recognise me. And I don't tend to blend into a crowd very well. No. no. So, so I, I found a, a, a big enough cr a group of people that were drunk enough uh, to detract attention from me, hunched over and snuck in in true Mr. Walker fashion behind somebody else uh, and had somebody else create a bit of a diversion on the other side of the stairwell just in case anyone was paying attention to me and got in and then found a spot that was near the lights because I know from being on stage it's hard to see directly to where the lights are and uh behind a woman with particularly big hair uh <laughs> apologies if she's listening i'm, I'm glad you but, went hair and not something else and, um and thought this will keep me uh, hidden and so the show comes on and the house lights uh when they when he does the quiz to the audience are much brighter than they had been at the other venues I'm like he's gonna see me he's gonna see me so i still got the hat on and i'm hunched down in the chair and the guy next to me just must think I'm completely crazy because this person has come to a comedy show by himself and is hunched in the corner, hiding behind this lady. Trying not and to see a, the show. <laughs> correct. And she's uh, this woman's got a very distinct way of laughing, and it doesn't work well for an audio <laughs> podcast, but she would flick her entire body to the right every time she laughed and almost fall into the aisle. And so I found myself being exposed every time she did that. <laughs> But fortunately, I'd seen the show enough times to know when the really funny bits were, so I could time <laughs> leaning over with her, so I'd stay uh, um, uh, hidden away. Unfortunately, this meant that a lot of the people in the show had to watch it from behind a <laughs> waving sea of people who were all adjusting for the uh, and also, and then, if I could say, all of which was beautiful effort that had been wasted, because from stage I could barely see two or three rows in front of me. <laughs> which, which was uh, brought very much to the front because my uh, plan, which was to wait until the last bits of the show where he talks to the audience about selling his merchandise, because let's face it, he's cashed in enough on my life. And <laughs> I was going to stand up still with the hat on and heckle him from behind the lights and with a different voice and see if he, he reacted. 
and I stood up to do it right to when he's talking to the audience right at the end, and I timed it poorly because everyone thought I was standing up to give him a standing ovation, and they all stood up with me. Blistered the roof off, clapping and applauding and screaming, and he couldn't hear me from like four or five rows away. And I said, I'm not doing this again. And as he goes off stage, I slipped behind the curtain at the side of the stage. And people are getting up ready to leave, and there's a few, mm, what's going on? Is there a mad bomber about to go behind that? What is that guy going to attack Sammy J? <laughs> and I walk backstage, I look at the hat on, I'm walking through the dark, and Sam's taking his headset off, and his stage manager's coming the other way backstage. And she sees me come out of the shadows and absolutely yeah, turns white. And, uh, and I've sort of given her it's an okay gesture, which she seemed to think was okay from the potential accidental murderer behind the stage. And I put my hand on Sam's shoulder, and as he turned around, like his body went rigid and he turned around, I went, good gig. And his face just went, oh, my God! And he flicked my hat off, and he ran back on stage, and he went, everybody, stop! <laughs> and uh, the audience is taking their jackets and leaving, and they just stopped, like, mid-exit. <laughs> and uh, he's gone, I just went backstage, and my gardener's back there! <laughs> and he brought me out on stage, and we told the story. And uh, it was fantastic. People loved it. And I've got yeah, to I say, like, the, 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 rea the reaction of that crowd that night was the same as any night when Duncan was there. You know, they just go ballistic. Like, they get to the end of the show and they still, I think, partly wonder whether I've made this up or whether Duncan really exists. So for him to, every time he turned up, Duncan, the, the night just went next level. Mm. Although you were telling me at the Perth one, someone thought that the special guest was actually Billy Zane. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You, didn't you hear that, Duncan, from the yeah, crowd? There was someone in front of me because uh, Sam at the end when I was there would say, um, but it's not the only surprise I got for you this evening. Yeah, there's been a special guest waiting in the audience uh, to say hello to you. And as he goes to say my name, the woman next to me has led to her friend and gone, it's Billy Zane! <laughs> <laughs> so I have to apologise profusely to the women in the audience. I, I love that she thinks that Billy Zane might have just... <laughs> Come to Perth to sit in the audience. Like, no offence to uh, to you, Sammy, but uh, Billy seems to have bigger things to do. Yeah, well, they had, the look, earth or something in fact, like we know full well, don't we? Because um, one of my challenges, one of, one of the phrases from the show, and those who have seen it will know it well, was um, when uh, I found out I was going to the premiere of The Phantom in 1996, um, to which Duncan also went, I uh, scribbled in my diary, things are hotting up which became a bit of the catchphrase of the show and of the tour. We even had things are holding up wristbands made. And um, one of the many joys of, of, as part of the tour was the, Tim Wilson, the federal politician here in Australia, <laughs> who uh, I used to trade fandom comics with at school. Uh, I managed to convince him to put the phrase that things are holding up into a parliamentary speech, which he did. Uh, and so <laughs> that's now in official Australian government hand records of parliament <laughs> forevermore. Um, that, that was but great. we, we then, so that was amazing, but we, I, I then launched a, an ultimately, well, so far, I should say, so far unsuccessful attempt to get Billy Zane uh, to say things are holding up. Um, it hasn't yet been successful. We got pretty close, and I, I will yes. say you guys helped me out as well, but um, where there's hope, there's life. I mean, no, no, where there's life, there's hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, we, we, were, we were desperately close, I thought. I, I thought we were going to get there, mm. but uh, uh, yes. Billy, Billy's a very important uh, person and uh, has got... What does he do with his life? Does he, like, save the earth or...? He's actually... He's um, started painting. You can actually go and um, and online and, and buy Billy Zane artwork. I've actually thought about commissioning him to do a fandom piece. 
Wow. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I don't what if we commissioned him on the condition that he says things are hiding up? <laughs> <laughs> That'll really conflict him. That's right. That's right. So, um, so obviously, having Duncan at the shows, you've said was a highlight, and then um, you know, seeing fans in the audience. Did you manage to meet many fans after shows, and and how did they sort of respond to you know seeing their their hero being idolised in that way? Oh well, yeah, I got to meet many many fans, and and often, uh, as often as I met fans, I'd meet someone who said, "Oh, my dad or my granddad really loved the Phantom," and, and so they would sometimes bring their parents back, or or at least they want to tell you know talk about that that aspect, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, probably one of my favourite nights. Uh, and sorry, Jermaine, because it was not a night that you were there, but it was in Brizzy. Dan, you were there um, in the Brisbane yes. City Hall, uh, where they actually filmed part of the the movie itself. So that was amazing. And meeting a lot of the the lads there. Um, the photo that we took that night, all holding our Phantom Rings, now appears in the wonderful publication um, featuring Phantom Rings through the ages. Uh, so that was. A particularly fantastic night with a PHAN there because um, there were so many in, in attendance and there was that was a bit of an existing community that you guys have obviously formed and been part of for longer than I. So it was, it, it has been great, you know, entering that that world a little bit and feeling very, very accepted. And oh. your reenactment that evening. Oh, the reenactment of the Skulls of Tuganda. Hmm. It was a special moment. Obviously not that special. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, well, that's why you chose that venue. Yeah, well, yeah, well, the whole it was um, the only disappointment, of course, was that you know there, there was no map on the wall to aim the laser beam at. So I guess that's. <laughs> but um, no, it, it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure you know at that point my Facebook followers, you know, most of whom don't care for the fandom. That was the point where I was going so deep that I reckon I probably lost a few followers. They're like, why is he still... What is so important about this four-year in Brisbane? Why is he going to But I reckon you probably picked up probably a lot of fandom fans who started following you and went to the show and stuff like that. So the ones you probably lost, you probably gained. Oh, I'd say a net gain, net gain for sure. Oh, certainly a net yes. quality gain. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, we'll say so. <laughs> now uh, you've sort of you've sort of mentioned it, but one of the one of the highlights must surely have been um, being able to check out Jermaine's collection while you were in Perth, because uh, you guys have had the had the chance while you're over there to go and, and and visit Jermaine at home. I'd love to go and see his collection myself, but uh, you've actually been there and and explored it. Oh, I don't, don't remember that. That was. Uh, you know, the, Brisbane was the 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 fanboy uh, fanning out, but uh, Perth was the moment where it was like, oh, things got real because we were actually in someone's house looking at their private collection, and not just that, but someone we'd spoken to obviously online and met. But Jermaine, you were incredibly welcoming, and um, as you mentioned earlier, your family were also very tolerant about these two blokes from Melbourne rocking up in a hire car and traipsing through your house. Yeah. Um- well, I think my wife was leaving. She was going and uh, she was going shopping or something like that. And she, um, the way she explains it is that she knew it was um, it was yourself and Sam because it was like you know like when you see like the comedy shows and you have this little clown car and then you have all these people trying to like climb out of it. So she was like there seeing this little <laughs> this little car rock up and then there's this big giant you know lifting one <laughs> leg out at a time and then you know trying to hop out of it and it was and of course it was Duncan and stuff like that but um you almost didn't get in there because um my little uh two year two and a half year old at the time was um 
Uh, it's the only time I've ever seen Duncan a little bit unsure about himself was when <laughs> was when my two-and-a-half-year-old um, told Duncan that she wasn't allowed to go into her room. <laughs> <laughs> the, the voice of an angry Abby can freeze the tiger's blood. <laughs> yes, and everyone's heard that on the podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> we may yet hear it tonight. We're recording earlier than we usually do. <laughs> Mine might give you a run for your money. I, um, I will say that Duncan, uh, anytime he's been in town, I, I get to pretty much revert to a schoolboy or, in fact, a two-and-a-half-year-old infant because I don't have to think about anything. He'll pick me up drive me around, make sure I'm where I, I have to be. But that day in particular, Duncan, like, I remember us just, there was probably a fair bit of swearing as well as just inhales of breath as we looked at these ridiculous items in your collection, Jermaine. It was, uh, it's, you packed a lot into that room. <laughs> yeah, there's even more packed in there now. <laughs> the pain... I needed you to do uh, intakes of breath on one side of the room while I filled my pockets on the other side. I know. <laughs> That was our second favourite part of the day when we pulled up and looked at all the stuff we nicked from his house. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he hasn't missed it yet. He, he still hasn't noticed that it's gone. Or he's going, oh, I thought I had one of those. Oh, well, I better get another one. <laughs> yeah, no, to, to be fair, his, you know, mint condition Sing Brotherhood original was, uh, you know, uh, in the bottom drawer, so he wouldn't have noticed it. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so one of the one of the things that I really that I thought was co- real clever and probably a real testament to uh, what your show meant to a lot of fans, Sam, was um, everyone posing in front of the Tucker Box, uh, <laughs> Tucker Box dog statue. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you saw some of those photos and stuff. Well, yes, maybe not all of them because I saw. Um, now I, I want to make sure I'm having the right person in this. I'm pretty sure it was David Budd, so I saw yes. along with potentially with with Trevor, was it? Yes, Trevor Clark. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, both fine gentlemen, and they've been, you know, um, pleasure to meet alongside many. I want I don't want to name two people, too many people. I'll, I'll forget some, but I also want to give a special shout out to um, Brad and Joy Peach, of course, because they were they even came and saw my show with Randy um, when we were in Albury Wodonga before getting to see Hero Complex. So, but um the the Tucker Box, uh, that's a pretty delightful accidental thing to have spawned. <laughs> <laughs> how many, how many, how many photos? Uh, are, are there more than this I've, one? I've Just seen that. theirs, but I've, um, yeah, I've, I've seen theirs, but like a couple of other people saw it and thought, oh, that's a great idea and stuff. So I reckon you might have, I reckon you might start something there. Well, you know, to be fair, I, I averaged three photos. Uh, with the Phantom in front of it over two decades. So, you know, we don't have to go too hard, too fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that next time we're going through... Um, I don't even know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> but next time we're going through, and if I happen to see a Tucker Box dog statue, I'll uh, whip out whatever Phantom paraphernalia I have on me at the time and <laughs> get a photo. <laughs> now, one of, the, uh, one of the other achievements that you... Um, that you marked at one point, or we certainly marked for you, um, was the moment you appeared in a Fru comic, Semi, with your, your advertising there. That was pretty uh, incredible uh, to, to, to look down. And that was because uh, I had a producer, Chris McDonald, who directed my show and produced my show. Um, uh, he said, you know, where, where, where should we advertise? And I said, well, let's get in touch with the Phantom comic, of course. And then it, it sort of struck me that I was about to appear in a Phantom comic myself, not just that, but... The imagery for the show featured a silhouetted character of Duncan on a tractor in the garden. So Duncan and I were both uh, in a Phantom comic eventually, 
um, which was which was pretty great. Duncan got me a, a special collector's edition of that particular copy, amongst many others. <laughs> that was a, I, uh, I didn't get that. For, I didn't Sorry? get that for you. That was a gift from uh, a very gracious gift from the fantastic Dudley when he came to see the show in Sydney. Oh, of course. What am I talking about? That night. Oh my gosh. Let's, should we talk about Sydney now? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, that was just. So this was uh, my Sydney show at uh, Giant Dwarf when when I got to meet Glenn Ford for the first time. You know, childhood idol posters by my bed and on my walls growing up and um the fruit crew all came to the show and dudley renee glenn it was it was we all headed out to the pub after that and that was um that was just the best that's what led to the invitation to the fruit office um the next day but you know i was pulling out my phone and showing them the photos of jim shepherd and i when i visited the office years earlier as a kid and stuff and um that was really cool so, are you more of a are you more of a fan now, or than when you were as a, as a kid, or about the same, or different? It's a good question. Um, I, I would say I'm a, a different type of fan, but but if it was a graph, you'd see that you know, uh, you know, in my teens in the nineties, I, I couldn't become more obsessed than I was then because that was my life, you know, as chronicled in the show. It was everything was about the fandom. Then you know, I dipped off. I turned eighteen. I dipped off, as I talk about in the show. I went away for fourteen, fifteen years. Um, th- these days it's, it's, it's less of a fan in the sense of reading the stories all day long or anything. Cause I, you know, even though I, I buy the comic again now, I don't always get all the time with two kids and families and jobs, but it's much more of a, it's just a deeper, a real appreciation for what the fandom gave me growing up and almost more so what the fandom has given me now with this, this, this particular journey for the last few years and the community it's opened up. So, um, yeah, very different, but it's certainly, it's not going anywhere from now on, you know, like I'm, I'm back on the fold and I've got my, I wear my purple with pride. Uh, Duncan, <laughs> has this genuine question, has this show changed any of your connection to the fandom or is it quite a separate thing? Because you obviously have been pretty, you know, pretty, pretty aligned for a lot longer than I with, uh, with the deep woods. <clears throat> it uh, enabled me to uh, find a way to reciprocate to you for selling me your collection. And, uh, <laughs> And um, it took away some of my traveling around the country. Took away some of my funds to be able to buy. <laughs> no, um, uh, but it also opened um, uh, opportunities to meet people and yeah. uh, and have experiences that are now part of my um, living collection yeah. uh, that I would never have had if it wasn't for you. Yeah. Like, and I, I guess for both of you, do you find that, like, you know, the collecting's great and having all the bits and pieces and stuff, but having those friendships is probably just as important as actually having all of those in your collection and the stories and, and stuff like that? Would you agree to that? No, it's, for me, it's all about the, uh, the collectibles. <laughs> I mean, this entire show, this whole journey was just so I could get Duncan to give me stuff, and that has worked so well. Uh, the the goal was an original Cy Barry and uh, box tick. Uh, yep. <laughs> well, that's a very, twice, elab- I will say. <laughs> very but, um, elaborative plan. <laughs> Duncan, uh, I will just deviate from that, that sincere question to, to this uh, sincere fact, which is Duncan, in every city that he visited me in, very generously, very much at his, own, at his own expense, he would also bring me a gift to the point where I had to effectively ask him to stop bringing me... <laughs> 
artwork for the wall because I, I had no more wall space. And so he just started <laughs> buying me like statuettes and coins. And this is most immense uh, collection of, of specific hard to find fandom paraphernalia. Um, as I say, culminating in, in, in an original portrait of myself by, by Cy Barry. But before that, I've, you know, a little bit original artwork and Duncan, I'd like, what your bank manager has to say to you when you explain why you're borrowing funds, I have no idea, but I'm the very grateful recipient of those gifts. I, mean, I think you're looking with rose-coloured glasses. This, the cease and desist came from me when I said, stop having John Farnham-like farewell tours and uh, <laughs> having one last show all the time. <laughs> Who has had more one last shows? Uh, Farnham or myself. I reckon yeah. he's, he's taken the cake. I think, um, I, think I only did maybe one properly fake final show from memory. <laughs> but to be fair, you, I don't. I think you haven't really ruled out that the show will ever go on again. You, it may well get performed another time. Would that be fair? That's very fair. Like I, I would, I, I, I know it so well. I love performing it, so I definitely you know want to do it. We are, I, we are talking about Sydney as being a possible, likely uh, place to do it next, even possibly before the year is out. I'm not trying to be coy there because I don't actually know what's going to happen, but but we're talking about it because um, you know, it's one of those things. Even from a business point of view, I did it for two nights last year. It sold out. It went really well, but two nights is not very long, you know. So so it's mm. just probably still an audience for it, particularly with this ABC work that I've been doing lately. I think the audience is growing. So um, I also have we filmed the show in Canberra, um, which was great fun last year, and so whilst it will never be publicly released, um, there is a sneaky link that um, has made its way around the internet to those. I, I, cautious, I cautiously bring this up, Sam, but Meatloaf uh, has a tour coming in uh, the next 12 months where, unfortunately, he's not in a condition where he can sing his songs any longer. <laughs> so the show is he comes on stage and sits on a stool while somebody else sings his songs in the style of Meatloaf, and really? which is uh, punctuated by... Meatloaf then telling the story behind that song in hushed tones via a microphone. So, while wow. I'm cautiously bringing that up is uh, that it should not be your plan for Hero Complex in 30 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you ever give me the phone call, hey, what are you doing for the next six months? <laughs> um, 20 I years' you know, time. I need you to you know, uh, zimmer frame your way onto stage. <laughs> <laughs> Just say the idea of Duncan telling the story for people might lose something of the impact, <laughs> given that one of the fake reveals towards the end is that I do tell people he died. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I, I can't I can't let that point go. People will people will want us to ask and probe this a little bit. But you, you said that you had filmed it, but that it can't be released publicly. I think there's a lot of people who are hoping that a DVD of, of the show might come out at some point. You you have to quash that uh, hope for I, people. I I can quash the hope of it being a commercial release because it, the show is so it's such a show and tell show that there's lots and different bits of pieces that I use, you know, music from the movies, imagery and stuff that you just wouldn't get permission for. Allegedly. Allegedly. In a live environment, it's fine. The different laws, you know, for live stuff, it's seen as review or, or parody or satire. But as soon as you start charging money to release it on a commercial platform, you get into some real trouble. Uh, uh, but as mentioned over a few beers to many of the people who will be listening to this podcast at a certain Lee Fork Memorial, dinner 
uh, in <laughs> some months ago. It was filmed, it was edited, and a link exists. And if you speak to the right people, and those people would probably be any of the people appearing on this current episode of the podcast, um, there is so, a link that may fall into your hands. So, so not you, Steve. No, don't talk to Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, Steve, Steve rule. <laughs> but we uh, must give a shout-out to Steve. He was actually the first one of us that yes. saw the show. He, and, saw um, that, he saw that very first show. The original yeah. season, he, in fact, his was the first review the show ever received, which was yes. you know, a, a, an amazing review. And my manager still quotes that review because um, Steve spent half the review beautifully describing how he tried to find the entrance to the Northgate Town Hall <laughs> and circumventing it like a wise Bengalan cartographer. <laughs> it was his language. So um, the Bengalan cartographer has become a phrase in, in, in our lives. Oh well, he'll be stoked to hear that. Yes, he will be. He was, yeah, he was very disappointed about coming, uh, not being able to attend. But I don't think he attended the last one, so he wanted to keep it as um, the failed authentic. attempt. So he wanted to, yeah, as authentic as possible. So the, uh, the one of the other things I wanted to ask uh, about was the the promo clips that you did. Those little um, anywhere between forty seconds and three or four minute um, YouTube clips that you released. Sammy J talking to the Phantom, who was, uh, I think we can reveal safely now, was Duncan uh, in cosplay. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's a secret anymore. Hello, Sammy J here, and I am so excited to be touring my brand new solo show, Hero Complex, all around the country. It's a personal story all about my childhood love of a comic book character called the Phantom. And when I was Who called the Phantom. I said called the Phantom. Some call me the Phantom. Others call me the ghost who walks. The man who cannot die. And now I'm here to protect you, Sammy J. How may I serve? Can I have a latte? How did those go? Can you give us a little bit of behind the scenes um, stories about those? Well, I'll throw it to Duncan because Duncan was very, very particular about the, the guns, I recall. Was I? Well, you just, you, 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 <laughs> as I remember, you were stressing about getting that costume just right. And I was like, I'll just, uh, yeah, right. fine. But you no, were like, I, I, uh, I found um, the, um, and I actually got uh, listed some help from the Chronicle Chamber boys in my research, but I found uh, the, what's the name of the company that released them? There was um, the, the, for the movie, they brought out a, a set of uh, Phantom's pistols on a board. Oh, is that that? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The Kima yeah. 911s. Yes, and uh, and I found some and was trying to get them into the country, and they got held up by uh, Border Force, and so I didn't get them. And Did you get them eventually? Uh, no. Oh. No, I went through a, uh, a lot of hoops to try. I had to get them modified and everything, and they still wouldn't yeah. release them. Oh. So some... some Rather less authentic looking ones appear on the um, video, but it was a pretty it was a pretty cool day. I, I had the easier role. Duncan had to sweat away in a phantom outfit, um, and I think oh no, I'll, I'll we need to have words, Duncan, because I think there might be a reprise required at some point for something or other. <laughs> I'll, I'll only need about six months' notice. Uh, to, get a, to get back in that costume again. Uh, a, few, a few sit-ups and... <laughs> <laughs> 
No, they, they were very, uh, very humorous clips, and I think that um, lots of people have really enjoyed those. Is that one of the ones that Cy Barry liked? Is that one of the videos? That... I believe it was, but um, Dan, if I can out your family uh, with their permission, or feel free to uh, edit this out, but you sent me some most amazing uh, renditions of those sketches. They were fantastic. Yeah, no, I must, uh, we, we had a lot of fun. My um, my two daughters um, were quite, were really taken by the videos, and um you know they're part of the YouTube generation, I suppose, and and so when I when I pointed them out, they just watched them and watched them and watched them and watched them, and uh, to the point where one one day they decided to yeah um, parody them or well it's not really a parody when you perform it word for word, is it? But uh, to a loving tribute, I call it loving tribute. Yeah, to to recreate the the videos. So my eldest daughter found my phantom costume, or found I you know, gave it to her. <laughs> Hello, Sammy J here, and I'm so excited to be touring my brand new solo show, Hero Complex, all around the country. It's a personal story all about my childhood love for a comic book character called The Phantom. And when I... Who called The Phantom? No, I said called The Phantom. Some call me The Phantom. Others call me the ghost who walks. Man who cannot die. Now I'm here to protect you, Sammy J. How am I asking? But uh, no, that that was a lot of fun. The, the day that they decided to recreate those, and uh, I'm, they were really stoked to hear that you guys enjoyed them. Oh, they were brilliant, and it's you know it goes both ways. It like sometimes you can make these things, and they you feel like they exist in a bit of a vacuum. But um, that was just so funny as well. They were great performances, I got to say. <laughs> um, Gus is still so my son's still a bit upset when it comes up and we watch him. He, he's still a bit upset that he didn't get a bigger role. He's um. <laughs> <laughs> in in the very first one, he recreates the person handing over the coffee. I think he gets about two seconds of airtime. <laughs> to, to be fair for poor Gus, he has appeared on his fair share of um, uh, yeah. uh, podcasts. So yeah. Can't have it all, the poor kid. No, that's right. Video <laughs> reviews and all the rest of it. So he, he does all right. But uh, no, they, they really loved doing that. And they, yeah, as I say, they were stoked to hear that you guys enjoyed them. If... Uh... If, if it's any consolation to Gus, both Sam and I uh, have now made uh, appearances as bartenders. So uh, he, he's, he's part of an exclusive club. Yep. And Sam, I think you uh, put it quite well when you talked about uh, the kids' efforts, when you said that was how you would have spent your summer as a child. Absolutely. That, that, and... and same goes in, when, in, in my comedy stuff as well, um, in general, but you know, when I see kids doing something a little bit odd or a little bit weird or this thing that's not immediately the cool option, uh, you know, it warms my heart because that's exactly who I was at that time. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, they see it as so much not the cool option that I'm not sure I'm ever going to be allowed to um, share it more broadly, which you know, <laughs> is a lot of time to show it to two people. But uh, anyway, they... And, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, two, it's two people now, and it's a lot more people on their 21st. That's all. That's <laughs> you don't really like and you want to get rid of him. Um, <laughs> just send them a sneaky link. <laughs> yeah. This is this is who you're dating. I'll know, that'll sort them out. That, if, if they come back, I'll know they're a Phantom fan and he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already told... Yeah. Well, what you've got to do, Dan, is I, I've told my daughters that, you know, 
when the boy wants to propose, they got to get me a phantom dowry, and then I'll think about it. And so it's the phantom dowry that will win my heart. <laughs> I, I would have thought that nothing shy of a hollowed-out diamond uh, as a ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's not good for me. That would be hers. I want something for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, now you mentioned the uh, the show bags at the at the Melbourne show and, and the comic books. That must have been a real delight to be able to um, to hand those out and, as you said, sort of share the fandom love. And I, I think we need to give a bit of a tip of the hat to Trevor Clark again in the, when we when we t- mentioned those. Absolutely, Trevor Clark um, graciously came forward with a collection of fandom comics that we could insert into the the show bags. Um, just for that extra authentic flavour, because until that moment, that we probably weren't going to be able to include comics. In the end, we came up with these 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 show bags, which people really bought like hotcakes. They they had the whizfizz in them. We we're trying to make them really authentic, you know, like so whizfizz, phantom comic, uh, the things are holding up wristband, a poster of the show, and a little beautiful comic that um was illustrated by um, Peter Thomas, uh, a wonderful illustrator who designed a comic about the show, um which was a really special little a bit of a collector's item because there weren't that many printed and not that many exist. Um, but yeah, that was a special night. I think it was another Facebook video in the end where it was my first night in Melbourne Comedy Festival and um, my producers also made me a phantom cake with the Goodmark logo on it and we had a young chap uh, named Joel who was out there flyering, handing out flyers for my show outside Melbourne Town Hall dressed as the phantom. So <laughs> the more I had to reflect on it, there had just been so many genuine highlights. <laughs> like As I sort of take stock of the last two years, all the places it's taken me and, and little moments like that it were just uh, incredible. You you now have a newfound phantom fame to the point where I understand that in Hobart or, or um, you were actually signing phantom comics. Yes, again, quite circular. Uh, <laughs> um, the, it reminds me of there was one story I think John Marston, the author, a favourite author of mine, but someone once brought him a book by someone else and asked him to sign it. He said, "But it's not my book," and this person said, "I don't care, just sign it anyway." So. <laughs> You know, I, I felt almost bad um, defiling or defacing a, a Phantom comic that might lower its value. But look, you know, it's when you're asked, you, you deliver. Well, you, you do know why you were asked to sign that particular comic, surely? Well, the particular one you refer to was held by... Can you please remind me? Nick Moles. Yes. Continue. And so you signed the one that had your uh, advertisement in it. Oh, it was your letter. It was the one that had your letter in it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That took me too long to remember. But <laughs> I was, that's how many comics I was asked to sign. It was... <laughs> no, there was... Is that you, the real you, reason why we don't have the videos? Because your head's just getting bigger and bigger? <laughs> no. I, I, I wasn't asked to sign many comics at all, but I had genuinely <laughs> forgotten that that was... Now, make sure I get this right. Was that not the comic that I dug out during our very first interview on the podcast? Yes. Featuring my very yes. first fantastic. I recall that now. And very few people had actually sought that out. I originally had that in the show as a slide, but um, cut it for time because it's one of those things where I found it far more exciting than, than the audience did. <laughs> <laughs> it also sets a precedence that Dan is now going to be asked to sign uh, the one where he sent his letter where he won the uh, extreme fan competition. Oh, I, can't, I can't even begin to count how many times I've been asked to sign. Uh, no, 
I, I really can't begin to count that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's still zero. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but look, I'm, I'm available. Um, if people are interested, uh, every year at Supernova, I'll be hanging around the fruit booth and uh, I'll, I'll bring my own pen if it helps. So, so well, well, we should we should speak about that because uh, this year, I mean, you, you've mentioned um, Leaf Hawk Memorial Bengali Explorers Club dinner, Duncan, and, and trying to get Sam along to that for many years, and you were successful this year. You attended, um, actually, that, that's a podcast that you were on, Sammy, is, I, I forgot to, to say as well, um, 96 or 96A oh, or B or whatever it was. You made a, a little cameo there at the end. Um, Although, to be, you, were, you were, I think, pod-bombing another podcast at the time, from memory. Yeah, we that's it. Three-way yes. podcast going on. That's fantastic. Pod-bombing. That was a bit surreal. That was us that came out of that trade, like that word. So if it, if it comes off, you know where you heard it first. Yes. <laughs> Just like the word forecast and happy fan to me. Yeah, and uh, the other one we're trying to get across is uh, the strippist, which is uh, if you're what? a, a, a strippist. <laughs> different, different meaning is if and you're... And an honourable profession. <laughs> That's right. It's, a, it's an ancient profession. profession. <laughs> <laughs> To all of those unemployed actors out there, <laughs> no, but uh, attending attending the dinner, Sammy. How did you find that, Duncan? Was it was it gratifying to finally get him along? Yeah, I, I uh, apologise in advance for either a my guest or b the fact that I had to be there in order for the guest to come. <laughs> um, Duncan, pretty much. Loved, it, loved and left me on the night because he suddenly found himself sitting next to one of his own heroes. Yeah. Yeah. What I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wonder, Wonder Woman was basically there, all right? <laughs> yes. It was pretty awesome. So for those so, who haven't listened to 96, oh, I can't remember now, whatever it was. A, um, B or C. A, B or C. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Scott, the uh, the artist of um, Wonder Woman, was there and, and produced a, a magnificent um, piece of artwork featuring Wonder Woman and the Phantom, which um, went for auction, and we won't talk too much about that. Um, sorry, Terry. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic night in that sense, for sure. So would you be coming back for another one, Sam? If Duncan picks me up in his car at the designated time <laughs> and books another sweet hotel, I will be there. Uh, in fact, what I would like to do is get back and actually make it to the, you know, Comic Con itself because um, I was a bit of a late arrival on the day. But it was just, it was the best night. It was, it was for me a bit of a not a full stop, but the a natural endpoint to all the different faces. Of, you know, a lot of the guys there, yourselves included, of course, um, who I'd met throughout the tour, but. Being able to be there just in a, in, a, in a social environment and not working was mm. was unreal. Mm. Well, you were, you pretty much became the uh, the barrel Definitely. girl immediately. That's uh, right. <laughs> it nearly got tense, yes, when um, I was in Duncan's direct eyeline during a particularly feisty uh, auction. But I was I was there for you, Duncan. I had a checkbook in my back pocket. There is some uh, there is some video that may be on the social media for Jimmy James, I think. Um, of your performance as the Barrel Girl, and um, if that doesn't form your audition tape for um, uh, as, as part of your show reel for being a um, a Barrel Girl for, on any of the numerous game shows on television, uh, I'll go he because your some of your comments are absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Very good. Yes. 
So a, a question, what does your wife think about this new found love of the Phantom and, and, and stuff like that. Is she, yeah, is she supportive? The or? rooms, the room, the, the collection's growing, the artwork is filling the walls. Um, have you been forced to move it all back up into the attic or? Well, there are times when the Phantom walks the streets as an ordinary man. <laughs> and it is entirely possible that my wife knows nothing about this particular part of my life. I've managed <laughs> I've managed to contain it to within this showbiz, honey, I need to go on tour tonight, and then, and then suddenly uh, disappear and um, and stock up on comics. That's not entirely true. She's been, uh, in, in her words, it, it, she'd rather this than a heroin addiction. So um, yes, yes. You know, and my a, wife, yeah, my wife says something very similar. We do so talk it's a pretty about purple crack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's a pretty wholesome um, pursuit, you know, and look. She married a comedian, so I think she's just happy that I've got work. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, eagle-eared, eagle-eared, can you be an eagle-eared listener? Um, may have just noticed we've picked up a little bit of background noise. Have we? Have we got a um, someone's joined us uh, in the conversation? A, a blow-in? I think we got a blow-in. A, a blow-in? Is that because I was just playing the tuba and now I'm not? Oh my <laughs> gosh! This is like, this is like, this is your life. <laughs> something brought in oh an extra special guest for you Sam you punked us was this was this a setup? was this always planned I've, I've just just come off the off the S-Bend um, podcast and <laughs> or podcast and uh, here we are for listeners who need some context <laughs> nah otherwise occupied there's that. nothing better than an in-joke <laughs> S-Bend uh, <laughs> That's well, uh, also to the, to the listeners, um, please, everyone, don't tell Stephen what we've just been talking about for the last hour. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, I'll guess as we go along. <laughs> Is Duncan there? Uh, yeah, I am. Just, uh, Duncan, how I'm you just, going? I'm great. How are you going? Um, the first question you need to ask is, are we recording? Because we might have to go back and start again. <laughs> That's just yeah, not a bad question, Dan. That? Are we actually recording? Um. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, not a great way to look, start. That, I, to yeah, be especially fair, what an hour in. No, I rec- to, 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 to clarify, I did record the entire podcast last time, but for whatever reason, um, it only recorded my bit and not everyone else's bit. So we could still have released it, um, but it would have been quite awkward. Um, so it, it looks like it's recording. I'm going to be. My fingers are crossed. I've, I've got I've got cramp in my left hand because I've had my fingers crossed this whole time. <laughs> oh. So um, sorry. I look, forward, I look forward to the version where you've re-recorded that in your own time. We're using other voices. <laughs> uh, welcome to uh, episode seventy-five of the Phantom Podcast, Jermaine. Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. <laughs> Have you seen the, the latest Kid Phantom and where that he gets a line in there? Uh, in the uh, back yeah, page? I heard you guys talking about it and I went and looked it up. <laughs> yeah, but my line pretty good's in there. I saw that. That's very, so very well done. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah, we, it's not my... To be fair, we have had instead, it confirmed so that that is complete coincidence. And, oh, come uh, on, Dan. He's not in any way. Oh, no, don't take it. rain on my parade, Dan. <laughs> Actually, now, I've been looking at that issue, and I found another Easter egg. 
on that on the back cover. So we'll have to post that up as well. On the just, back cover of Kid Phantom Number Five on the car on the little mini minor. There's another little Easter egg on the back cover. I'm looking at it of right Kid now. Kid Phantom Number Five on the little car. There's not even a car next on to the, the bus. Car. Oh, hang on, there is. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to get a magnifying glass out to... Uh... <laughs> well, that's right, you're old, so you wouldn't be able to see it. We'll have to get your glasses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fork, the number plate. Sorry, I've just given it away for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, very good. Um, now, so... speaking of cameos, and, and this might be a nice little segue there, um, we've, um, you know... We've loved the fact that we've had a cameo in A Kid Phantom, but um, th- we saw a, a hint on Facebook that, Sammy, you have got a cameo in a future, Touchwood, fingers crossed, approval pending from KFS, through Phantom Comet. Well, yes, and this is not my story to tell, really. Um, I played but a small part in this, uh, but it is, if, if I could have scripted an end point to this tour and this whole show we've been discussing... Uh, an end point to the story that started with me seeing Duncan wearing a Phantom t-shirt in the school playground back in 1996, then this is pretty much how I would have wanted to to wrap it up. Not wrap it up, but at least punctuate it. Mm. Um, Duncan, over to you. So, I came home from... This is what I'll tell you about this story, and then the rest can be saved for uh, yes. a, another more suitable occasion. But Yes, so just for those, we no, will... Let him, Jermaine, let him tell the story, uh, and then we'll dig okay. into it. So, <laughs> I was just going to say when we got, that we we're going to... Jermaine, sure, let him talk. No, let him oh, talk. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> when, I came, when I left the trade hall from uh, seeing Sam's Hero Complex show for the first time, uh, I was, um, for want of a better word, completely speechless and has spent the whole next day like I thought about it the whole way home and um, and then thought about it the whole next day and then again for the next two years but I thought about <laughs> it like, uh, how do you how do you come back how do you reciprocate how do you come back from that how do you find an appropriate way to say thank you to um uh, someone who who shows you um, something very special about your life and the and the influence you have over people in it, uh, as small as that touchstone might be. And so I went. I, I thought I was absolute genius, and I thought what I can do is uh, I know uh, how to find comic book artists. I'll write a comic book about my version of that story about Sam and present it to him at the next one of the shows. I'll, I'll bring him a comic book made on the show with a story about him. I'll call it Hero Complex um, and it'll be our story but told from my point of view as a comic book. And I thought I'll talk to um, uh, some of the artists from uh, some of the Australian shows, give the Australian artists a bit of work. I've sent out some emails about who I commissioned from, got him to do some, um, some rough sketches about what I thought it might look like. And uh, while I was writing it, um, <laughs> Sam came up with what he's mentioned earlier in this podcast, which was a comic book to put in the show bag about the show. And I went, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what was leaked on the social media from a, um, a very well-known and respected fandom artist was Plan B. It was Plan B for that. 
Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that the end of the story? That's yeah. So <laughs> just, just going to leave it there, that little cliffhanger? Yeah. <laughs> none of us are, none of us are uh, game enough to say anything in case we get cut off again. All I would say is that Duncan is an exceptional scriptwriter. Um, and he may or may not have accidentally left behind a certain script he'd written that found its way into my hands, uh, and I was very, 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 very impressed to the point where if, even if I hadn't known it was written by Duncan, I would have said, man, this is just a great comic, and I, wanted, I would love to see that in print one day. Hmm. Yeah. To, to Sam's credit, the script for uh, that story went... Um, went to him as a as a gift at one of his shows um, because it was one of the cheaper presents I could give him by that stage. <laughs> and um, and he, he was instrumental in it progressing further than it, it was uh, was at. Oh, well. Awesome. Well, well, Tune in um, to a future episode when embargoes are lifted and the threat yes. of defamation or suing is no longer present. Yes. I'm about to hit a booze yes. bus, fellas. <laughs> Are you, actually? Are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah, he's driving I'm at the moment. Hey, I'm not going to pull me over. How many have you had? Oh, uh, mate, okay. heavy metal tuba. Okay, okay listeners, guys. everyone get on uh, the social media for Chronicle. Hang on, under, under or over? <laughs> yeah. Wait, listen, is he actually talking to them right now? Yeah, there goes the window. This is thrilling. Talking on his phone. <laughs> How you going? Good, thank you. Sorry. It's plenty of breath this night. It's one long breath out until I say stop. No worries. Stop. The Phantom. Pretty good at band practice. The Phantom. Have a good one. No worries. Cheers. Have a good one. 400 years ago, he watched the show The Survivor. Oh, Oh, my God. Stephen, well, you have just, just taken recording in the car to a whole new level. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I, just thought, I so hoped that was going to end this tragedy comedy that Stephen finally arrives at the podcast and gets put in jail during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Like a sitcom character. Oh. <laughs> Last words we hear, get out of the car, please, driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a little, uh, sorry, guys, I better uh, leave now. <laughs> it was a young bloke. I almost told him who I was on the phone to. <laughs> well, I, I started singing along because I was hoping we'd be on speaker just to really confuse <laughs> No, no, I've got, I've got you on the, um, on the, head, on the, you know, the headset thing. <laughs> oh, classic. Wow. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so when that when 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 if that comment comes out, Duncan, we we would love to get you on to talk more about it because um I think it's you know you're a man that a lot of a lot of a lot of us admire because you've had a show about you and now you're actually creating fan stories as well. So you know um love to hear more about that. Um and uh, I also believe uh, Duncan, you've had a, a fairly big change in your own, in your own life that and Sam was able to um, pass on one of the most touching aspects of your your two relationship as well. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, inspired by um, uh, role model fathers in my life, like Sam, 
uh, I made the um, the big leap into fatherhood that uh, you guys have, and uh, a little later than some. And Sam showed up uh, on the on the day on the morning at the hospital uh, with the very first gift for Scarlett, which was a um, a crocheted phantom doll, which may or may not have been produced by the ABC props department, and. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it was a very touching uh, that he made the uh, effort to do that, and uh, given uh, almost no notice whatsoever that that, that event was happening because I kept it uh, pretty tight, kept the cards pretty close to the chest. Um, and it, the one stipulation that he gave me was, "This is for your daughter. I don't want to come around <laughs> your house and find it in your phantom room." <laughs> Oh, no, that's, that's very touching. Um, uh, and how it was you... a very special moment visiting uh, the hospital that day to see. And, um, yeah. and uh, she's one tomorrow, Sam, so uh, oh, I'm looking wow. forward to the next present. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, I think I've got a um, signed side Barry portrait on me. That's <laughs> <laughs> what she always wanted. <laughs> yeah. uh, a picture of Uncle Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> So, how have you have you been enjoying fatherhood, Duncan? Uh, yes, it's uh, challenging. Uh, <laughs> it, it is and until until she dis, she discovers her uh, or she her fascination with ripping paper up and finding the way into the phantom room comes together. I'm sure I'll continue uh, to uh, love her with with no end. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's fantastic. No, good stuff, mate. I, I love hearing stories like that. Um, I know my my mum knitted my first daughter a phantom doll as well, and, and she absolutely loves it still to this day as well. So, um, a good choice of a present, there, Sammy. Thank you. Um, I, I was merely the conduit. I did not make it, uh, the baby or the doll, but I sorted out. <laughs> <and> I... <laughs> So, I'm just trying to I'm trying to get a picture of the uh, the doll in my head, and I've seen a lot of playground playground politics. I'm imagining it's a a stuffed uh, a stuffed thing with a picture of the phantom pasted on the uh, on the head. Uh, no, no, think um, imagine um, average voter from playground politics who yeah. was a much more intricately knitted doll, uh, and yeah, um, okay. and the same creator of that doll created a, a one of the phantom. Uh, so, Average voter was Rex. The my doll is uh, the Phantom is um, from the same ilk. Ah, uh, cool. <laughs> Did you manage to get a second one made, Duncan? So that could go into your Phantom. <laughs> <room>? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's like the um, the Wonder Twins rings that they uh, the collection activates when it comes together. Because <laughs> uh, I also I also won the uh, um, won the debate to have. Um, the Dick Frizzell uh, Long Ride Home print from the Phantom Gallery Exhibition uh, framed nicely and put in uh, the nursery. Oh, well so, done. So she loves that because it's a very simple picture with, um, with nice shapes on it. So she points yep. that all the time. Yep. And, and it, it's, that's because it's Good all work. in silhouette, isn't it? So it's not, uh, it is, not yeah. blatantly the Phantom. I mean, it's uh, we all know that it is, but... Uh, not smashing anyone over the head with it. Yeah, it looks, it looks quite. Um, the, the style of the picture, if anyone's seen, is quite Wilson McCoy, and it, uh, it, it. I was very taken with it when I saw it in the gallery, and uh, and it was one of the reasons why uh, I settled down more from the more active life that I had to become a dad. 
Yeah. That picture was. That's that's uh, yeah. That's changed the tone, boy. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. That, that was, uh, <laughs> you spot the moment things got real. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, does that mean the, we can uh, afford things now? A lot of well, no, a lot of the art that um, uh, that I like about the Phantom is because of something that it evokes in me. The one, the things I yeah. choose is for a particular reason, and uh, and that one uh, very much so. Also, and it is it's a striking image and. and one that uh, most fans would, would agree with, I think. That um, mm. yeah, very poignant. Which mm. makes my next question a bit ridiculous, I think. Um, but we need to segue out of this uh, this little moment of seriousness. Um, <laughs> one of the one of the things that really struck me, and, and just ducking back to you know probably a couple of th- there's a couple of different opportunities to bring this in, but um, at Supernova we were lucky enough to review the um, the upcoming Phantom board game, and um, we had a look through the instructions, and um, I'm not sure if you're aware, Sammy, but the the phrase "things are hotting up" has made its way into the instructions for the Phantom board game that is uh, due to come out later this year. I am touched and indeed aware. Um, the information came via my one true source to everything in the world, one Duncan Munro. <laughs> of course, it did. Um, <laughs> who uh, snapped me a little sneaky uh, shot at Supernova, um, and. Yeah, I'm obviously, uh, well, thrilled and uh, will only be more thrilled if I can beat one of you in the game uh, next year at the uh, Leaf Hall dinner. Yeah, you should be able to beat uh, Dan and Stephen. They're pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> we're too busy having fun to worry about winning. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, Stephen won't make it. I'll, I'll, I'll have arranged a breath test for him on the way to the, to the venue. <laughs> he only drinks milk. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. Oh, that's great. Um, so, and uh, Duncan, I also believe that you've been in talks with some of the people at the board game as well. Uh, that's uh, Sam's story. Oh, Again, I'm clinging oh. onto his coattails. Um, they, they, we've been talking about best ways of uh, getting word out there for the for the board game itself, awesome. and so um, I'm hoping that uh, I couldn't even enlist Duncan's assistance in that one. We might have to talk dates and schedules. Uh, when we're off mic, Duncan. Roger. Is there, they, um, has he got six hours? No, no, Roger's not going to be involved. I don't want Roger involved. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you know, Sammy, but uh, Dale and... Um, Alex. Alex. Oh, Alex. Alex. So, Alex, total mind blank. Um, we're actually at the show where Duncan gave you the uh, Cybari um, artwork yes. as well. Yes, we've been in touch uh, by email, and um, it was... Uh, yeah, I, I'm only gutted that I haven't yet actually seen the, the, the game itself, but um, I feel more like a fan, like, an, you know, just on the outer with the board game, just waiting for it to arrive. But if I can help spread the word... Well, if I, can, if I can give us a quick plug, feel free to go on our YouTube channel where you can watch the Chronicle <laughs> Chamber team playing the game where Stephen and I have a lot of fun and Jermaine takes it way too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. It ends with a fist fight, doesn't it? <laughs> Actually, that's mostly between um, Stephen and I. <laughs> yeah, they're fighting each other, and I just go away with the win. Um, and I, and we also met someone who had a big, uh, who had a real big man crush on Duncan as well. So that was interesting. That. Ah. What was his name? Uh, his name was Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yes, massive He's... fan. Massive fan. Yes. I, 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 
one of the most amusing and enjoyable parts of the, the touring was often when if Duncan was in a city if such as Brisbane, we'd be wandering down the mall afterwards and he was getting stopped for photos and I was the one having to take the photos. <laughs> people who'd be in the audience. That's when I thought, oh, to this be, has gone too far. To be fair <laughs> to Alex, he only saw one of your shows and it was the one in Melbourne, so he thinks that I give everybody original Siberian <laughs> art. That's why I thought that. That's classic. Uh, I think we've lost Stephen. He's, been, he's in the lockup. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> he literally is the ghost who talks very briefly. <laughs> Just comes in and then comes out. Yeah, and he goes again. <laughs> There's a chance you'll lose me in the coming ten minutes or so, gentlemen. As well, I, I had um, made a, a pledge to my family that I would be available from from ten o'clock, but also pledged to the listeners that we would do a podcast that came in at less than two hours. Yes, yes, and and that's that's good timing because we have pretty much come Let's to the end of, of our questions. Um, uh, is there is there any other like final overarching uh, thoughts you've got? Anything we haven't covered already? Anything that you wanted to say that we haven't asked you about? Well, I believe Duncan has arranged a special original Cyberry print for both of you. Duncan, do you want to elaborate? <laughs> oh, Duncan, you're a great man. That's that is. Oh, you shouldn't right. have. You shouldn't have. But uh, internet, look, I've... internet dropping out. NBN talking. Look, I will personally say that, really, if if anyone was to listen to that first podcast when you and you know the, the four of us had never spoken together before at all, I, I hadn't met you, Dan and German, or Steve at the time, and um. You know, I was, I was, as I said at the time, I think I was just entering the deep woods, and now I feel like I've, I, I've not only come out the other end, but but made, been welcomed very much back into the fold. And, and this whole show has been a two-year journey, which you boys have been a huge part of that, not only in, in you know socially, but also just promoting it and getting the word out. You, you've been my conduit to to the fans around the country and in fact around the world. And so um, I'm really grateful for that, and it's been a really special journey, and I hope it's one that, that continues in in different forms. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Yeah. And uh, certainly, if, have you got any, um, have, I mean, I know you don't have any other hero complex states that you are aware of. Have you got any other shows or anything else you'd like to plug? People should check out, Sammy, to, to um, see, see your work. On September 27th in Melbourne, I'll be doing my 50-year show, which is a show I do once every five years. So it's like a lunar eclipse or worse, um, which is a sort of ongoing show that I'm doing. Uh, apart from that, people can see me on the ABC every Thursday night and um ABC would like me to continue doing it next year as well, so I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, fantastic. Which is great. Um, and hopefully touring a new show next year. Um, if that happens, it'll be probably more stripped back. Like I'd like to write some new songs and things, so I won't jump straight back into a narrative show because I don't think I could top this one for a while yet, so I'll let the dust mm. settle and embrace musical comedy for a while. But um, there'll be plenty of me running around. And for oh, those good. who have uh, school-aged children, there's a very entertaining uh, huh. book on their bookshelves. Sam, we're under with uh, Long Class Goodnight. Thank you, Duncan. I, th- there is indeed. It's called The Long Class Goodnight, and rest assured there is the character of a gardener in there, and it may or may not <laughs> contain similarities to people on this podcast. Awesome. And, and, yeah. I, and I must say, my uh, my kids have read um, that, and so they are 14, 13, and 9, and they have all loved it. They've come away going, wow, that was a, a fantastic book, and uh, my nine-year-old was cracking jokes I sent you the, sent you the message. I can't even yeah, remember it. Yeah. I can't remember the the joke off the top of my head. Um, I, I, nor can I, but I recall that you, there was a lovely reference. Yeah, so so we're watching the news, and and Gus has has made some crack, some wisecrack, and the entire family has fallen about laughing, 
I've gone, where did you come up with that? And he's gone, oh, I read it in the long cast goodnight. So, uh, <laughs> um, so you, you made us laugh even though I haven't actually read it and uh, and the kids all loved it. So you've absolutely nailed your, your target market there. So well done. Thank well, you. Think... Very brief um, market research. Do you think the nine-year-old, um, do you think he responded best to the book? I'm, I'm genuinely questioning because I'm just trying to work out where it's been pitched, where, where it's finding its, its biggest audience. Of the three, um, the middle daughter, so she's 13, she yep. has probably talked about it the most, and, and okay. um, I, I got the best feedback from her. But I, and, cool. but I didn't even know that the nine-year-old boy had read it um, until after he made the joke. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh. parent of the year right here, I'm all over it. That's great. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's aimed at kids who are starting year seven mainly, but it's I think it's finding an audience on both sides of that. Yeah, so, so she's in grade eight, and she, she really loved right. it, so... Well, why I think that's relevant for this podcast, Sam, is you're recapping Hero Complex, and uh, you'd already mentioned that two of your influences growing up were John Marsden and um, Frank Woodley, uh, and obviously the fandom, as you mentioned in the show. And then um, while this show's going on, you've been able to write and release uh, a kid's book where you are appealing to people of that age group. You were, when you were writing, when you that you were when the show was about at its start. And as I mentioned to the audience in one of the shows, uh, I think it was in Hobart, um, why I think you should take um, uh, specific pride in your efforts is you are you will now be somebody else's James, uh, John Marsden. And I think that's appropriate for a show called Hero Complex that, uh, that you are able to achieve that. Well, thanks, man. Uh, that's appreciate that a lot. Uh, you know, John Marsden's output on the page, Farrakhs is my own, but, but, um, yeah, you know, I do, I do know the feeling of, and we all know the feeling of being buried in your own world when you're, when you're a kid or a teenager, finding and those my, little bits of creative stuff that, that, that resonates or helps you along. So it's, it's, it is exciting to think that could be out there for someone. And my signed free copies can be sent to, to <laughs> <laughs> my publicist, Duncan Munro on the line. Yes. Oh, very good. Now, you, you did mention um, musical comedy, and, and uh, we can't pass this opportunity without saying a huge thank you. And I know you used it in the, in the it's a massive part of your, um, of the show here at Complex, but for you to give us the uh, ability to use uh, the fandom song, which we've had as our theme song pretty much since uh, probably for the last 50 episodes or so, we really appreciate you uh, letting us use that. It's a fantastic little, uh, little intro and outro to our podcast and so um, on behalf of ourselves and, and the entire Expand listeners, um, thank you very much for for supplying us with that. We do really genuinely appreciate that. Well, uh, yes, that's my, it's my pleasure um, and it's been a real thrill to, to hear it and have it be used like that. And again, it was my gift to your listeners just to say them the extra 90 seconds of Phantom 2040 theme playing <laughs> at the start of every episode. Yeah, I think there's only been one episode where we haven't used it since and that was the Defenders of the Earth and that was for an artist who that was his favourite TV show as a kid, so I yep. think we saw it fitting to use it for that one. Yep. It was, it, it's offered up, no strings attached, no obligation required, and um, I, oh, I, I, love it. I, I haven't received a response from the invoice I sent recently, but um, <laughs> I guess I'll just... Yeah. Do, I, do I actually owe you extra for using it as a ringtone on my phone? Because um, I've certainly got it there <laughs> yeah. as well, so... Oh, uh... <laughs> mate, I'd be speaking to your bank tomorrow if I were you. <laughs> yeah, every, every time you get called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I've been pranking you in the middle of the night, just ringing out. <laughs> just to get extra... <laughs> Uh, no, oh, classic. So do you All have right. any more Phantom songs coming up? Um, 
do you know what? <laughs> this is this, this, this thing happened last in our first podcast two years ago. I hadn't yet written that song, and I said, when I do, I'll send it your way, and I did. I have been working on a little song called "Things Are Hotting Up," which is not ah. which which is not about the Phantom, but it's obviously that's the phrase from the show, and I thought it would be a fun thing to carry into next year's show. Um, probably more of a traditional comedy song, just about moments where things do indeed hot up, but that would be a nice little extra little... Um, so if, if that happens, you'll be amongst the first to hear it, I promise. Oh, wonderful. Oh, Thank you very wow. much. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, look, if uh, if listeners are keen, and you should be keen to go and check out uh, as much as you can about the, the show, if um, you saw it and uh, this has brought back some good memories for you, or if you didn't see it and you'd like to, to catch up on it as much as you can, um, it is pretty well documented on our website, chroniclechamber.com slash herocomplex. Um, go and check that out. The, all of the reviews that... Um, that Stephen wrote and any others we could find, and a bunch of photos and uh, all of the promo clips we've talked about are all um, sort of archived there. So you can go and, and check out um, all all things Hero Complex there. So we'd certainly encourage anyone to go and do that. Definitely, definitely. Um, other than that, in terms of uh, the Chronicle Chamber, you can you can find us at that website, social media. Um, we're on Instagram at Chronicle Chamber, I think, um, on Twitter at Chronicle Tweets. Is that right? Is that our Instagram? Uh, I don't know. I don't even use it. I just post to it. <laughs> Search Phantom and Chronicle Chamber. You'll probably find us. Uh, we're on, on Twitter at Chronicle Tweets and on Facebook um, at Chronicle Chamber Phantom Fan Page. Um, thank you very much to all of our Patreon subscribers um, who, who help us to, to do everything that we do. And uh, make sure that if you're a first-time listener who's come along just because you saw the name Sammy J and you've suddenly remembered that you're a big Phantom fan and you want to hear more from us, uh, subscribe. Well, all those who have come along because they're huge Duncan Munro fans and uh, have suddenly remembered that they're big fan of fans. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Podbeam or Podcast One or whatever it is, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, we'll pop up into your into your feed periodically whenever we release a podcast. So <laughs> we're almost up to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I think, 107 actually released, but it's officially <laughs> it's numbered 74. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, so for Callum, who's been nagging us and <laughs> wondering where episode 74 is, this is your answer. <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. So thank you again, Sammy. Thank you, Duncan, for joining us. We do really appreciate yes, your time. You. Um, 11 months after we um, stuffed it up the first time. <laughs> Gentlemen, absolute pleasure. I look forward to our chatting or seeing you again soon. Wonderful. Pleasure. Yes. Thanks, Thank everybody. you, guys. All right. Cheers. And, uh, and to everybody, happy phantoming. Happy phantoming. 500. I just realised what's going to happen. You're going to do your classic journalist trick where you're already playing all this already on the podcast, aren't you? No. What? I've fallen for this once before. No, we're not. We're not quite dirty like some of the other journalists that you probably deal with. That's not true. I listened to the Cyberry extravaganza. You had him. We were just talking <laughs> this week to Duncan Munro. Do you do you remember meeting Duncan? Oh, the... Duncan, what a sweet, guy. what a wonderful guy. He came to see us at uh, David was with me. He was at the Apple, uh, Big Apple uh, uh, Comic Con. Oh, it was what a delightful guy. Oh, what just wonderful. He's a big. I gave him a big hug. I gave him a big hug. He's he's so nice. He's so such a such a nice guy. Really. 
Thanks, Phantom. Call me. I'll be there. Phantom. How may I serve? No, it's just a test. I'll call you when I need you. Right. Phantom! <laughs>